Hello, and welcome to Dad Educates Daughter, the podcast where Dad influences daughter on 80s music. We are about to go into Series 3, Episode 1. However, before I introduce Rebecca, I just wanted to recap Series 2. So, Rebecca, you listened to 815 singles. Whoa. Which included the um, the Christmas edition, just to oh, okay. know as well. So okay. that did include that, which I think was 20 songs in the end. Yeah. Of which 36 of those songs were a number one. Ooh, now, I'll happened. be honest, I haven't sorted out what, because some of them were outside the 80s. Obviously, the majority of them weren't, but there were some that were. I also, in that 36, didn't include the Christmas number ones because Frankie okay. Goes to Hollywood would have given us two extra number, well, given us an extra number one because you'd have had it in the Frankie Goes to Hollywood episode mm-hmm. and then I'd have included it in the Christmas. So I didn't include those. But obviously we do know that Do They Know It's Christmas was the number one. And obviously yeah. last Christmas by Wham ended up being a number one this year or I would sort of say last year or the year before, um, mm-hmm. but was wouldn't have been a number one when we discussed Wham in series one because no. um, it's only re- it wasn't hadn't got to number one until as I say either last Christmas the Christmas just gone or the Christmas before that which is obviously mm-hmm. on the back of George Michael dying on Christmas Day, um, so yeah, yeah so. Um, they weren't included. So you had 36 number ones that you that listened to. That was just on the core say, ones. That was just thing. on the core, not, not including the – although the 815 singles that you've listened to includes the 20 that you listened to for the Christmas edition one, the 36 number ones doesn't. But as yeah, I say, yeah, yeah, those yeah. 36 number ones, some of those would have been outside of the 80s because I haven't – I just didn't have time to go back mm-hmm. and listen to which ones were outside. Um, yeah, of the uh, all of that, you listen to 123 bands, stroke groups. So, wow. yeah, quite a few. And of that, how many do you think were a hit? Oh, I feel like Theories 2 was a... I want to be like it was quite half and half, like 50-50. So I don't know what half of 123 is. I'm going to say 50. Okay. Hits. So, 65 were a hit, meaning 58 were a miss. Seems quite half and half. It is, but I'm pleased to say the majority were a hit. There were some, when I listened back to get which ones were the hits and the miss, there were quite a few where I influenced you... Um, oh yeah, right at the end. ...from from changing your mind or sitting on the fence. (laughs) Um, I can't remember the exact groups, but there was about three, I think, where you where I'd actually got you to change because you were waffling about, I listened to other songs and I didn't like them, so I put them as a miss. And I've then said, but that's why you didn't have those songs, because they weren't hits. So, you know, we're just meant to be basing it on the songs you've got, which were hits in the 80s. Would they still be a hit now? But then as you, you know, in your defence, you did say you partly do it on would you listen to them again mm-hmm. um, rather yeah, exactly. than just that song or those couple of songs that you liked. So, but yeah, so 65 hits from the 123. 
36 number ones from 815 singles. So that was the recap from series two. Yeah. Putting you on the spot and you obviously totally on the spot because you you wouldn't have even had time to think about it. Any groups, bands that stood out? Oh, I mean, obviously your big ones that we covered in series two. Um, yeah, so um, I'm pleased to no. say all of AHA and Asia and the Pet Shop Boys were <laughs> Not your hits. But one that really, really sticks out to me that I have that I did really, really enjoy was Culture Club. Uh huh. What from series two? Yeah, that was series two. Were they? I, I'll be honest, I can't even remember who was in. The, I, now I've gone through it all. Um, <laughs> I can't remember who's in. I'd have thought they'd have been series one. Um, but you might be right. They were series two. I can't remember. You've, um, oh, you've thrown me now it. with that. See, you say I can't remember. Uh, well, we'll go on to that in a minute, won't we? Yeah. As we end it there then. so um, Yeah, they were, they were. Yeah, I, <laughs> what, they were yeah. series two. Yeah, because okay. I've got, I'll take I've got a list of everyone. Okay. I thought they would have been earlier. Um, also had like Casey and the Sunshine Band. Really liked them. Uh-huh. But yeah, a lot of the ones that we had in Series 2 were very like the odd names that we've had. But yeah, we, we get past that. <laughs> I mean, I, d- I did look back and you did have mostly hits each well i say mostly but there was hits each week um there okay. was always more than one each week um so you had yeah, i feel a, like you've only, never had like a majorly miss week no so you only had two in episode four and you only had two in episode six even though there was six number ones that week um but you only had two hits okay I've just put initials, so I don't know who it is. TF, Tears for Fears, possibly. Uh, they were a hit, and they probably had the most number. Oh, I'm not sure if they had number or how many number ones they had, if they had any. Uh, if that's who TF is in my shorthand. Um, <laughs> you had two in episode 10, where you had no number ones. And you had two in episode 13. Other than that, oh, and two in episode 17. Two hits in episode 17. Um, that was the... Uh, the one with um, Fuzzbox. Oh, yeah. Which you didn't really like. Um, um, you had Run DMC and Fuzzbox. Oh. They were the hits. And then you had Beatmasters, Beat Machine, mm. Ollie and Jerry, oh, and yeah. Art of Noise. Oh, God, Art of Who Noise. Who will come up in this week's episode? Just a little, little um, spoiler there awful. we will be mentioning. So um, no, on the whole, no, never let no, never a, a, a zero hits or even only one hit. I don't Always think you've two. ever had, even in series one when it no, was a star announced. Yeah. I don't think there's yeah, ever no. been a no hit week, and I don't think I've ever had less than two. I think there's yeah. always been at least two that I like. Well, as we go into series three, let's see if that trend continues because it's. Mm-hmm. As obviously now we're going into, you'll be getting more and more songs for me to make up the amount of songs you've got that are probably going into the 90s. And actually some of these groups at the end of the series 
are probably more known for the 90s than they are even for the 80s because they've literally just coming onto the scene and into the 90s. Do you know what? I did notice a bit this week about it going into the 90s. I think on one of them, or as a whole, I've put a note to myself to talk about 90s vibes and everything. Yeah. Like, I so can kind of tell even though we're early already. Yeah, so we're, 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 we're starting off in 1986. And um, we'll obviously go through to 1989. But as I say, the groups themselves mm-hmm. will will have you will have sounds or mu- you will have singles that were 90s and beyond um, okay. just because they probably only released one and then they the majority of their songs were in the 90s as we get further okay. on but definitely yeah. at the beginning they're main they're still mainly um 80s mm-hmm. mid 80s to late 80s so let's talk music for those um that Listen to the bonus edition. Favourite time of the of year. Yeah, where Rebecca gave me the um, lay women groups, girl groups, girl groups. Why are we calling them women groups? Sorry, girl groups, little mix, girls allowed. I've forgotten already. The Saturdays. The Saturdays. And your favourite. Yeah. Not my favourite if anyone listens to it, doesn't hasn't listened to it. However, in that one, I did um, obviously release the, the groups for you to have this week. Yeah, you did. Which I will just recap on. They were, or they are, Bangles, or the mm-hmm. Bangles, Siggy Siggy Sputnik, Doctor and the Medics, The The, Modern Talking, and cameo. However, yeah. when I was recapping for luckily today, yeah, <laughs> luckily, neither of us had even realised that we'd already gone through them. So I then texted you and said, "Bit of a um, a worry here." Series two, episode sixteen. These mm-hmm. were who we reviewed: Dead or Alive, Miami Sound Machine. Amazulu, Was Not Was, Baltimore, and Cameo. <laughs> now, the reason I put Cameo in this week was on the back of the bonus week. I bought up, because I didn't know this, and obviously, even though you like Little Mix, when we done the Cameo edition, you never mentioned that it had been covered by little mix so it's when we was doing the bonus edition little mix a song done a song called word up which i recognized as an 80s song looked into it it was cameo now i'm not a big cameo fan so it didn't i i I did have to look up who it was Mm. but i knew i knew it was an 80s or at least a a cover i knew it was a yeah you recognized the title yeah and then Obviously, I bought it up in the edition, and you said, "Oh, I didn't know that." Um, okay, well, we'll have to. I look forward to that when we do cameo, meaning mm-hmm. we hadn't done it. I then looked at the next because I've already, you know, written them out who who I've got you for this thing, for this um, series, and I didn't see cameo. I then looked up when they had their hit, 
and it was um, 1984, I think, if I remember. That and I thought, oh, I'm going to have to put them in for the first this week to get them out of the way, otherwise we'll be too far in. So mm. I put them in. When I recap, I then found out we'd already actually done them. So they obviously were a standout group. However, <laughs> or, or that it shows that Little Mix's word up didn't really register with you when you listened to Cameo's word up, which you would have at the time. So I then um, looked when I'm doing all the the the, the um, who's what the hits and that were was quite even more surprised that you put Cameo as a hit. So not only did you not did you <laughs> not realise you'd already listened to Cameo. You'd even put them as a hit, you know, so they weren't even someone that just by the by forgotten about. You actually liked them, but you didn't like them enough to remember you'd already listened to them. So no, I actually done not. my research on this week's groups before I done my recap on series two. So guess <laughs> what? I'd already written out without realizing <laughs> that I'd already See, you've had them done in my it book. as well. Yeah, without realizing I already had them in my book from previously, I wrote out all the stuff. When obviously then I noticed, so I then got hold of you because while doing all this, I actually um, come came across a group that I hadn't actually put in. They're not a group that I really um, connected with, I suppose, at the time, and I thought, well. If you if you can, I'll give you the songs. There was only six, seven, I can't remember now, um, for this week instead of Cameo, because there's mm -hmm. no point in us talking about someone we've already spoken about. So instead of Cameo, I've replaced them with Lloyd Cole and the Commotions. Yep. So it means now that the first episode of Series 3 will be just to... Uh, Go over again. The Bangles, Diggy Siggy Sputnik, Doctor and the Medics, The The, Modern Talking, and Lloyd Cole and the Commotions. So, mm -hmm. my question to you now how yeah. many number ones do you think you listen to this week? Okay, if I think. Any. Okay, I think there could be three. With at least with one of them being Manic Monday. Oh, you're even putting your neck on the line with the song. So, what's the other song? Oh, I didn't think that far because I don't want it to look. Just plucked oh, out. You got all big headed. Or three. With getting your little mix ones right. Yeah, but I did very well. You did. Um, but Manic Monday, I think, will be a number one. And then I think the other number ones will come from Doctor and the Medics, although I'm also a bit, mm, because of what I think about them, but could. Um, and maybe The The had one. So I'm going with three different groups. Okay. Yeah, I think The The could be a little dark horse in the ah. episode. So you had two number ones this week okay take out doctor and the medics then okay it'll be manic monday and one from the the i don't know which one well which one did you like from the the or are we leaving that till we discuss the the well i don't want to give too much away okay okay but okay i'll name a few that it might be it's just that by the time we get to the the 
We could have already had the two if it was both from the Bangles. All right, I'll say it could be the beaten generation, slow motion replay or infected. One of those three. One of those, I think they're their stronger three. Okay, all right. Well, let's talk music. Let's start this new series and we'll start with the all-girl group, the Bangles. Yeah. So I must say... Before I get in specifically on the bangles, we have had some right bangers this week. It's been more up my street and it kind of gives me good feelings about series three if this is the first week. So going off the first week, I'm like, okay, we could be getting into more. And I genuinely have enjoyed it and listened to a few songs multiple times. Mm. Um, I love this tattoo you've got, by the way, of Ziggy Ziggy Sputnik. That's a nice... um addition since this episode oh yeah you know just <laughs> went out and got it <laughs> of all the ones you chose it to be ziggy ziggy sputnik anyway what well, i have that, that, that's why i chose it because when you said it's <laughs> a really good week i thought you had ziggy ziggy sputnik <laughs> i'll let you know but i also during videos the um what's the hairspray that you know when i've said about volumized and you're like oh there was this hairspray lacquer hair lacquer yeah that i feel like they're all using that in videos this week because they were their hairs like double the size of their head <laughs> like it, there's so much like, like, even the men comes into its own like, even the men and what i also notice is that throughout the week they've all got quite di- not i wouldn't say distinctive but memorable voices uh-huh. So, yeah, that was like my overall thinking of this week. But on to the bangles. I have, um, me being me, obviously I've looked when you sent me a thing. And I'm like, Manic Monday? Is that what I think it is? Because I have no idea who sings songs. I just know the songs. So, obviously, they've had a few songs that I know. Eternal Flame was another one that I recognised. But that I know because of Atomic Kitten. So, Atomic Kitten covered it. Ah. And that's what I grew up with. Like, obviously, Atomic Kitten's my age. They're like a right up my street group. You know, they're sing-along, catchy music. Um, I think they're like pop slash a bit of rock, maybe going into the genre a little bit. Um, I think they're very young. And these gave me a bit of a 90s vibe, just with the way they were dressing and the way their hair, like, just, I don't know, the vibes of the video just gave me that little bit of a 90s feel um also didn't know they sung walk like an egyptian and in the video they actually do that dance move that everyone does for it um and walking down your street the video was very much like a i don't know it was like a story about them getting big so i don't know how big they were but i felt like the video showed them from being like nothing to paparazzi following them around and then i also watched eternal flame because i was intrigued at what their video was like and i watched atomic kitten because i was like am i making it up is it atomic kitten that did it and atomic kitten's video is very similar to bangles video it's very stripped back down um just focus on whoever's singing or what like whoever's doing vocals at the time um and yeah and then something that you said you can tell they've grown up because like i said i feel like they were very young at the start i didn't think they had one lead vocalist but the further I got into listening, there's this dark-haired, she's got curly hair, and I feel like she's the lead vocalist, but I don't know. 
We'll go into that actually because yeah. it's interesting that you've picked that up. And what I really like is they all play instruments. Yes. So um, where do you think they're from? I said I felt like they're American. Okay. So the bangles are or were Suzanne Susanna Hoff's guitar lead guitar and vocals. Right. Vicky Peterson, guitar and vocals. Debbie mm. Peterson, drums, and Annette Zilanskis, bass. Um, however, she left the group and was replaced by Michael Still. Now, I thought, oh, Michael a Still. Man. A man. But it's not. It's Mickey Still, um, a lady, a woman. Oh, and okay. her actual name isn't Mickey Still. I didn't write it down. I should have. Because it actually said that. That's like a stage, I guess that's a stage name. So actual name wasn't mm. Mickey Still. So, um, so yeah. So um, okay. the bass player ended up, pla did change. Um, they were formed in 1981 in Los Angeles, California. So you're right. Okay. They and American. they are a pop rock band. So you're right on that as well. Look at me. Took me so, three series to start getting things right. There you go. So they were formed by sisters Vicky and um, Debbie, um, I was ask along with Susanna Hoff. So the three of them right. sort of got together and fling after they had been in separate bands. So they were in separate oh, bands okay. and then obviously joined up. So um, mm -hmm. what it is, is Susanna Hoff's placed an ad in a local paper looking for new members. And the only person to apply was Annette Zelinskas, hence the, oh, okay. the link yeah. with her. However, she then replied to another ad that had been put in by a Lynn Eklund, who was a housemate of the Pettersons. Okay. okay. So yeah. Hoff is now, because she didn't have much response for her own ad, has now she decided to, to go out and audition for another, another right. band, in other words, which yeah. um, she's done. So she obviously phoned up. However, when she phoned up, um, Lynn Eklund wasn't in. And as she shared a house with the Pettersons, it was obviously one, one of those that answered the phone, mm -hmm. um, which was, um, on, in this case, was Vicky. Um, during the conversation, both Hoff and Petterson found they had a lot of common interests. Anyway, eventually, obviously, Petterson did pass on the message it wasn't any backhand you know she passed on the message oh, right. to Eklund, and um Eklund obviously then got in touch with Hoffs mm -hmm. however um Hoffs didn't feel any chemistry between her and Eklund and obviously didn't take it any further of, as far as joining Eklund's band if, oh, if, okay. if that band ever did did um materialize mm -hmm. however she got back in touch with um Vicky Peterson, well, who'd right. obviously, I suppose, in the conversation said that she was in a group uh, with okay. her sister and invited them to join. So, so um, this is the two people like this. Yes. So the two Pettersons with off, and then Zelensky was right, added okay, in a yeah. bit later. Right. Okay. I'm with you. Okay. And they formed the band and they originally performed as the Colours. Um, before renaming themselves the Bangs. Okay. Okay. Um, they recorded a single, uh, The Real World, 
and were about to release the single. However, at the last minute, uh, they found out another band had registered the Bangs. Always away, in it? And they wouldn't let them use it without some kind of payment. And also, oh. just starting out, you haven't really made... You're not really. Why, so they weren't that fussed, I suppose. So what they no. did is they dropped the the and just right. became bangs. But right. they added in les. Yeah, so they became, became bangles mm -hmm. rather than bangs. And that's how then they, that's, that from that time on, that they, they're the bangles. But they're not the bangles. No, they're just, they're just bangles. bangles. They? Yeah, I, right. I do that. I automatically say the whatever, and I do that probably with loads of groups. But they haven't actually got the in front. They are just bangles. Okay. okay. So um, they then had another setback as their record label, Faulty Products, folded. Okay, well, that's a, I mean, what a, what a name for a label that is. Yeah. Um, and then on the back of that, Annette Zielinskas left to pursue her own projects. Okay. So now they've lost the bass player. Mm-hmm. So IRS Records picked up um, the distribution rights from Faulty Products, while the band then replaced Annette with Mickey Steele, um, formerly from the all-woman group The Runaways. Um, so the lineup now was Susanna Hoff, the Peterson Sisters, and Steele, which was then the... And what year is this? Um, the most um well they're pretty much only still only just starting out so we're still talking early 80s okay i'm with you um and that was the most successful lineup however okay. like with most bands um who gain their success it's the same happened with the bangles friction in the group amongst the band members especially after the media started to single out Susanna Hoffs as the lead singer, which is why I, when you said about, I don't know who the lead singer was, it all seemed to, but she, you know, I'm, and I'm guessing it was her that you probably would have probably Is that, right, okay, so that must be. I mean, I don't know which one's a brunette, uh, have you, if I'm really honest. I did, I did think it was only later that I noticed. Uh, to begin with, like their earlier stuff, um, like I want to say, um, I didn't start noticing that there was a lead singer in quotation until uh, Eternal Flame, maybe in your room just before that. But yeah. all, like all the others, like I did put in my notes, didn't think they had a lead vocalist until later. But I did change that because at the beginning when I was writing my notes, I was like, oh, I like there's no lead vocalist. And then later on, I was like, oh, maybe they do. So I like changed it because I noticed then there was one. So I thought maybe there's been a, like a rock up in the group and changed it a bit to focus more on the vocals. I don't know. But I guess it weren't the case because they obviously. No. So this it. um this media that um obviously they started to interview her more, you know, <laughs> they, they just pictured her obviously as the, the main face. I suppose. Um, so that caused friction as, in fact, singing duties on the albums were divided among all the members, each of whom also wrote or co-wrote the songs on each album as well. 
So not oh, only did okay. they all um, have a a, um, a a lead vocal part on a certain song, in a, in a, the um, song, they also um, wrote or co-wrote each song. Um, like and then, as I say, the band eventually broke up. I think on the back of that, I'd say in 1989. So, with all of the press getting more into this person and this person, when yeah. they all wanted it equal, the media started tearing them apart. Yeah, sense. it was probably so, the media that that caused the breakup by singling mm. out Susanna Hobbs, and yeah. obviously the other three were like, "Hang on, there, we all contribute to the group, mm. and we all actually." You know, okay, she may have been the lead singer on the hits, because um, mm. obviously we're just talking, they, the, you know, on albums. But the fact is, they all were lead. They, none of them were classed as the lead singer. It was a guitarist, yeah, yeah. a drummer, a guitarist, and a bass they player. They were a, a band. Yeah. Literally. So the band did reform in 1998. And actually okay. in 2004, they received an honorary rock and roll diploma from Liverpool Institute of Performing Arts that was actually presented to oh. them by Paul McCartney. Is this that Beatles. thing that um, America does? They just randomly give... Now, this was in Liverpool, England. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know we did that, but America likes to randomly make people doctors yeah. and give them degrees, don't they? I didn't know we, we gave did them that. a diploma from Liverpool Institute of Performing Arts. And as I say, it was presented by Paul McCartney himself. Wow. I mean, that's yeah. something to put on your CV, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and then in 2005, still left the group, citing artistic differences, and right. was replaced with Abby Travis, um, just for live appearances. So she's not actually included as part of the band. It's more a, a touring musician. So she just mm -hmm. was there. Obviously, you need a bass player, you know. So um, yeah. she was there for the live. But in 2018, Annette mm. Zielinskas did rejoin the group. So are they still going? They are still right. together as far as I know. That was 2018. It's hard to say, I suppose, because of COVID and obviously everything that's mm. gone on, it's hard to know whether groups are actually still active or not. But and... in 2018, she rejoined the group. So definitely... Um, they were still and back. They were formed in 1998, so they've been going, you know, for another 20, 20 years. Mm. But, but also really with these 80s ones, like they reform, but are they reforming just to do their rewinds and 80s? Well, they've never been on the rewinds. I suppose they're not an English music. group, so they may mm. be doing stuff in America. That's true. But I always wonder, are, they, are you actually re making new music? You know, like a heart. I mean, they've yeah. never really broken up, broken like broken up. But you know how they're still making music. Yeah. These groups that get back together, nine times out of ten, they don't make any new music. No, some do, or the, or they do. Around. They're more albums rather than singles mm. um, because there's just no point. I mean, the good thing is there's a there is a um, a chart show. Uh, At the Hermitage uh, Heritage chart, Heritage, um, yeah. which older. Um, musicians just to give them a bit of um, airway or you know advertisement whatever you want to call yeah. it yeah so um, yeah I'm with you pushing a bit further. Um, so yeah so um, the Bangles they had three top ten singles one of them is a number one including one number one Manic Monday 
they've had three top 10 albums in, of which one was a greatest hit so they've had two studio albums um 1986 different light that got to number three and Ooh. 1988 everything got to number five and then as i say 1990 their greatest hits album got to number four so let's go through the, the songs that i gave you and yep. see how big a hits they were and which where this number one is. Yep. And it'd be the first one that you got to listen to, which was from 1986, a Manic Monday. Mm-hmm. It was inside the top ten. Yeah. It was inside the top five. Yeah. And it was inside the top three. Yeah. Manic Monday peaked at number two. Shut up. That's so number annoying. Number two for Manic Monday. Well, I must say Manic Monday was a great start to my week because I listened to it on a Monday as well. <clears throat> you know, um, it's catchy and it's a classic feel good. And I didn't yeah. know that they sung it. So it's quite mm. nice to know who sung it. 1986, If She Knew What She Wants. This was my favourite. On the back of, obviously, Manic Monday, which, as we know, was obviously a big hit. Um, This was a bit of a disappointment. It only got to number 31. Stop. This was my favourite. Wow. It's catchy lyrics, good Mm. harmonies, got a good beat. It changes in the chorus, like gives it more of that upbeatness in the chorus and then goes back during the other verses. It was my favourite out of them. Which is obviously why they released it as a single. They obviously, you know, thought it would do well. And for some Ooh. reason, it didn't. It flopped. Oh. And then um, we had, also for 1986, Walk Like an Egyptian. Now, that was a top ten hit. This is the number one. And that was in the top five. Okay. That was in the top three. Yeah. The Bangles. 1986, Walk Like an Egyptian, peaked at number three. Okay. I'm glad it weren't this one. I'm not saying I don't like this one. It's just like, I don't know. It's just, it's it's fast-paced and upbeat like it is a good song. But I wouldn't say it's number one. I want to know, though, has this ever been covered? Or the Walk Like an Egyptian that I'd like know to do with, like, the whole... Yeah, um, I only know it from the Bangles, if I'm honest. Okay, I just wondered whether I knew it from anywhere else no. or it's the Bangles version that I've always had. And I don't think theirs was the cover. I mean, it could be they covered it, I don't know. Um, mm. I've only ever known it as the Bangles. Um, okay, moving on, 1987, Walking Down Your Street. That got to number 16. Okay. This is nice and upbeat as well. Like, it's very poppy that like, I get from these ones. Um, and this was the one that was like, it's very much about them, like, especially in the video. It was about them reaching their stardom, I guess. 1988, Hazy Shade of Winter. That just missed out on the top 10. It got to number 11. Okay, this one was more instrumental. This is where I was seeing like the rock side mm-hmm. and where I thought there might be a bit of rock in there. But there's really good harmonies and there was just a tiny bit of change in tone. Like it weren't as up 
beat and I think that was to do with maybe me noticing a bit more of a rocky okay we move on to 1988 in your room not such a big hit following um the the last few that we've had because it only got to number 35 so it literally just got into the top 40 I quite liked it you know it was catchy oh. but there was like a like I don't know a sound in the backing music that was a bit like hippie vibes I don't know like not 17 but there was a sound that just reminded me of like what you would relate to yeah. a hip yeah but it was it was it was it wasn't a bad one so now we're moving into 1989 so we're literally the last year of the 80s mm. and yeah. it's eternal flame who you've already said was um covered by atomic kitten now i don't know how atomic kitten done with it i don't know if you know how i don't know where it got no. but um the bangles they got inside the top 10 with theirs Oh, is this the number one? We've not found the this number one yet. This is their number one. Really? So, Eternal Flame. Well, I thought you'd have worked that one out after you'd ruled out Manic Monday and Walk Like an Egyptian. Well, yeah, but I'm still like, this one? Yeah. Out of, like, I don't know. But I guess it's later. Like, Manic Monday was pushing the bar a bit because it's her first one, isn't it? Yeah, it done but, well to get to number two, and it's probably my yeah. favourite. It, well, see, I didn't want to put it as my favourite because I already know it. Do yeah. you know what I mean? So, Eternal Flame for me is very um, slow and, you know... Well, I was just about to say, I will, ad I will admit, I don't know if it's because I grew up with the Atomic Kitten version. I've had a version just because it's more upbeat. It's got uh, more of an upbeat sound to it than... Um, Bangles one has so I prefer yeah. that because I did I was like okay I'm gonna re-listen to Atomic Kittens to see the differences and also to double check that it's not just the same name of a song uh, and yeah I prefer Atomic Kittens but again yeah. it's just got that more upbeatness to it yeah well it'd be interesting to know where Atomic Kitten actually got as I say um, uh, uh, well if you carry on talking one, so they couldn't have done any they, they I would have um equaled it they couldn't have done any better, though. Um, okay. Well, if you go through the last one. I'll, I'll carry on, yeah. Oh, 1989 still, Be With You. That got to number 23. Do you want to hear something really weird? Yeah. Atomic Kitten also have a song called Be With You. And I was like, no. Are Atomic Kitten just covering Bangles songs? Um, but I checked. It's a completely different song. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. Um, but the Bangles single be with you that would have been my, that's my second favorite like picking yeah. not like manic monday yeah, ones that already knew. yeah and this was where i was like oh okay they are really going with the rock star type of sound it's a more rocky than pop and it's got a really mm. catchy chorus which is quite so, weird yeah. coming off of I the back of eternal it. flame which is yeah because eternal flame <laughs> no like uh, eternal flame is so soft isn't yeah. it yeah yeah. So, yeah, it was a complete different sound okay. compared to what the previous one. But, yeah. And then, um, now, it's a bit of a weird one, but we go all the way to 2003 for something okay. that you said. And 
it did get into the top 40, although, you know, we were talking an 80s band. We're talking, you know, almost, what, 20 years later. Mm-hmm. Um, they got to number 38. Ooh, okay. But, but a totally different audience. And it is a totally different song. Uh-huh. Because um, it's more stripped back and it's more of a love song. Yeah. But I liked it. It was a nice end. So yeah. So if it's a different kind of song, as I said, as as you know, you think in two thousand and five, which is two years later, still left, and it's she cited artistic differences. So I wonder it's because mm. they were going a different route, and she wanted to maybe, stay, or yeah. she wanted to go the different route, and the others didn't. I don't, you know, I don't know. We'll never know why people leave bad groups and never yeah. really say. But yeah, it's interesting that you say it was totally different, and um, she left for artistic differences. Okay, so there we go. So that is the Bangles. The Bangles. I did, yeah, I did like them. Ah, uh-huh. so did you see where Atomic Kitten got? It's not coming up. No, okay. Like on the top UK top forty. So I'm like, did it even chart? Mm, maybe they just covered it. Yeah, Mind maybe. you, think if they were covering it, it would have. It would have. You'd have. It'd have been for a reason. Rather than just an out, al- you know, if it was an album, um, I mean, it's, I suppose people do cover songs just for an album filler, but mm. it's but uh, for it to be able and like I know it. But if I remember Atomic yeah. Kitten, didn't I? Um, that they're to do with um, Andy McCluskey of OMD. He put them together. If I were, I think if I'm recalling right, it was Atomic. That was Atomic Kitten. Um, oh, okay. Which, um, makes me wonder um, whether he was a, a secret Bangles fan now. Maybe. So, yeah. Maybe he wanted to recreate. So, um, I can now tell you that. Have you found it? Yes. So. Oh, um, wait, I've got it. They got to number he one. Took number one, yeah. In 2001. So Eternal Flame has got to the number one in the UK chart by two different artists. It's a good song. And it's not like they even sounded the same either. No, and it's over 10 years between the two. So they were 1989. Atomic Kitten was 2001. Mm. So, yes. Um, I mean, Atomic Kitten... um, they also got number one with it in um, Belgium. So um, obviously um, Atomic Kitten are big in Belgium and New Zealand was the other place. Mm. So um, I don't know. Obviously, uh, well, I don't think Atomic Kitten in America. But yeah. So um, no, but um, Bangles got to number one first. It's a, I'd be a, it's, it's a bit like a har and A1. It's a bit annoying that A1 actually got to number mm-hmm. one would take on me and a har didn't, you know, but yeah. Um, as far as I'm concerned, the original will always be the better version. Um, so anyway, moving on to Ziggy Ziggy Sputnik, and we still have mm. that other number one to find. You're not going to tell me it's from here. You've only given me three right. songs from these. What did you think of Ziggy Ziggy Sputnik? Well, I thought these were foreign, so don't ask me where they're from. But their videos kind of link 
to one another so like love missile and 21st century boy definitely link like they're the same um like format so they use the technology they write like into a computer what the song's called um i thought 21st century boy was hitting into the 90s because of all the technology that was used in the video so i feel like they're in the 90s again and um, they're very extravagant looking. They got bold hair, bold clothes. They play around their graphics, like I said. Um, like Love Missile and 21st Century Boy are very alike, and success changes it up a little bit. Um, they're very fast paced, and I can't tell how many people in the group or who's who or anything. But yeah, it was just three songs, and they were quite similar, to be fair. Okay. So, Siggy Siggy Sputnik are Tony James on bass, Martin Dogville on vocals, Neil X on guitar, Chris Kavanagh on drums, Ray Mayhew on the electric drums, and Jane Farimond on keyboards. They were formed in 1982 in London. And they're not from England. So, well, in their videos, it was like they had Chinese written over the top as well. Yeah. Like, legit, it was... And they didn't talk in, like, a British accent. So unless they had someone else doing the, the talking, I don't know. Maybe you were just watching some dodgy video. I weren't. It was the official video. Mm, okay. Um, they're a new wave glam punk electronic band. I forgot to say, genre. I just wrote rock. Ah, uh, okay. So I weren't really right. No. Uh, the band were formed by Tony James, uh, the bassist, um, mm -hmm. after um, his previous band, Generation X, um, were defunct, split up, whatever. Haven't we done Generation X? No. No, no we've done Trans X. Yeah. Sorry. Right. And they are often just called Sputnik. Rather than the Siggy Siggy Sputnik. I mean, not going to lie, the way Siggy Siggy spelt, I wouldn't well, ever I'll explain it. Um, the name. So the name comes from the first man-made satellite launched by the Soviet Union in 1957, Sputnik. Sputnik, yeah. And a yeah, Filipino that. street gang, which translates to Go Go. So Siggy Siggy is Filipino. And translates to go go. So go go satellite. So go go satellite is their name, obviously, but they've gone Siggy Siggy Sputnik. And you wanted me to think, oh yeah, these are British when they've got a name like that, and that's where it comes from. And that's where it comes from. So Tony James um says the band's sound was arrived by accident as he put a video compilation from his favourite films and inadvertently mixed elements of the film soundtracks with the band's demo track, Love Missile F111. So he had the demo track, obviously on his PC or whatever. He was he downloading was um, songs or videos from his favourite films and when mixing them, somehow or other by accident he um mixed them with his own 
demo track. And that's so wouldn't he then have had to have got rights to it? Well, he was inadvertently that just downloading his favourite film song. Yeah, but now he's used it. Well, he hasn't used it because he's saying that's where the sound comes from rather than... Oh, okay, didn't use that. No, he's just saying that that's where the the sound has arrived at. Um, Right, okay. So the band got signed to record label EMI after James was interviewed by NME and um, the band performed... um, or the, there was a performance by the band um, at the Electric Cinema. And then after that, they were invited to appear on the Tube. So obviously all of that, so NME, um, the Electric Cinema, whatever, I'll be honest, I'm not sure what that is. I guess it was obviously a big thing, you know, back then. Um, mm. On the back of those, they were invited onto the Tube. And obviously on the back of all of them, they then got a record deal. And the Tube okay. is the tube is like... It was on Channel 4 with Jules Holland from Squeeze and um, Paulie, Paulie Yates, who was um, uh, Bob Geldof's wife. Right. Um, okay. they, they they were behind and the they did together, right. And um, I think it was oh, – I might, I might be getting muddled up. I think, I'm, oh, I think they were the tube. Um, right. And um, that was like the Channel 4 version of John Pill on BBC by getting okay, and giving him a platform. And it was obviously at the very early, because Channel 4 was only just not long launched, we didn't have long launched. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah. Now, George Moroda, the pioneer of Euro Disco, um, the grandfather of Disco, as he was known, Oh, Godfather, sorry. Um, he produced the band's first single, Love Missile, F111, which became a major hit in several European and Asian countries, which may be why the... um, the, um, uh, me, the Chinese, yeah, maybe. That makes sense. While reaching also number two in South Africa. Oh, so they like were kind of... Yeah. International. So the single gained more popularity after appearing in the film Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I've watched that film. Well, that's why I got a bit confused because it says it was um, cut from the American version. I thought, well, I didn't know there was any other versions of Ferris Bueller's Day Off. So I'm a, I was a bit lost on all that. So whether it was yeah, but there, the no, final... Count, mm. but then how did it gain popularity yeah. if it wasn't in the films? It must have been in the no, because there are different versions. Oh, is there? So, you know, like, um, at the top of my head, going Disney, you know, Zootropolis, yeah, Zootopia is another name for it. Oh, right, okay, because of in a different country, and I can't remember. I think we've got Zootropolis, and America have Zootopia, uh, and it's like okay. just different tweaks, and there's like others. And there's just like different tweaks. So like there's a film in like a different country where something's been cut out because like they don't agree. In that or yeah, yeah. Okay. So well, it might I don't know be... why the, the the soundtrack or that that their particular this particular song was whether it was deleted, whether it's the scene was deleted or whatever. But it says it wasn't. Mm. It didn't appear in the American version, which I thought was a bit weird. Um, so the band split in 1989, funny enough, the same year that the Bangles split. 
um, with James joining the Sisters of Mercy and Chris Kavanagh was joined Big Audio Dynamite. Mm-hmm. Tell you what, there are some weird names in the 80s. That's one thing I've learned from doing this. So sometimes it was to get yourself out there. You named yourself that. Not a memorable odd thing. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah. So a collection of early demo recordings from 1984 and 1985 was released in 1991. But they, you know, so in other words, they released stuff that they hadn't released yet. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. But they'd split up. They'd split up. Um, they had one what? top 10 single. And they had one top 10 album, Flaunt It, um, which was from 1986, got to number 10 in the album chart. Okay. You've not said that they've got a number one. I can't see these. You might have left that off on purpose. These ain't got a number one. Siggy, Siggy Sputnik. Mm -hmm. Their first single was released in 1986. Called Love Missile, also yeah. known as Love Missile F one eleven. I thought that was weird. I thought I was listening to a different yeah. song when okay, I said well, it was a top ten hit. Okay. And they only had one. It was mm-hmm. in the top five. Yeah. It was in the top three. No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. No. What was it? Siggy, Siggy Sputnik in 1986 mm-hmm. with Love Missile charted yeah. in the UK singles chart at number. Nah. Three. Oh. <laughs> How'd you go in? Yeah, number you three. That showed up one finger. Just one. And then changed it to three at the rest of the right minute. I'm glad it went a number one. It was a head bopper. It's got a long intro. It was quite good, but there weren't much body to it. Uh-huh. So that's why I was like, this can't be the number one. Ah, so you're still on with the the the. Yeah, I'm, I'm going with the yeah. the. So carrying on with Siggy Siggy Sputnik, 1986, 21st Century Boy. That got to number 20. Hey, got no idea what they're saying in that. And then 1988, Success, that got to number 31. See, that disappoints me. That was my favourite out of the three that I had. It's catchy. You the favourite, which is the least popular. <laughs> I like to be different. Um, no, but that one was more catchy. It was catchy and it was least like the other two. The other two were like way too similar and weren't much going on in them. Whereas mm-hmm. Success just had a bit more to it, drew me in a bit more. Yeah. Okay. So disappointed that didn't do as well. Moving on to Doctor and the Medics. Yeah. Okay. So these got a bit to say about these. I think their genre was like new wave, new romantics, and I threw in glam rock in there because of how they looked and I thought they had a rocky vibe. Um I can't tell who's who and what they're doing again, but there's four people I think. I want to say they're British, and you gave me three songs, and I know for definite one of them was covered, and that was Spirit in the Sky, and that was covered by Gareth Gates. Correct. Um, right. Relief, I think. But 
Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I like it though. He did it with um, oh, what are they called the family, the Cumans. Cumans. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think it was for Comic Relief. It was it might have yeah. been. Don't know, but it's a really yeah. good song. Kumars. So that he, that's it. So Gareth Gates covered Spirit in the Sky. Knew that straight off. Yeah. But when I typed it in to watch the video, more came up. So like it was like Gareth Gates, Doctor in the Medics, and I feel like his name was Tom. I didn't write it down. But the Tom one looked like it had been uploaded before this one, going off the years. So I don't, I think that Doctor in the Medics covered Spirit in the Sky as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, obviously, you gave me Waterloo, and that's covered from ABBA. So I, two out of the three songs, if I'm right, unless the other person that I saw with the video covered it from these, um, if I'm right, they're more of a cover group. Um, they're, like, memorable, and I feel like they should have done a lot more because they're very, like, to look at and to do their videos, you'd remember them. And I just don't get why they need to cover songs. Burn was a, you know, an all right song. It had a good beat to it. But, yeah, I feel like they could have done a lot more, but maybe they did do more and their covers were the only ones that hit because people knew them. But, yeah, I'm going to say they've not really got their own music, so it was quite hard to judge them in a sense. But that's if Spirit in the Sky isn't their own. and it. Okay. Yeah. But, so. yeah. Doctor and the Medics are Clive Jackson, lead vocals, Steve Maguire, guitar, Steve Vom Ritchie, drums, and Richard Searle on bass. They were formed in 1981 in London, and they are a new psychedelica, new wave, glam rock, pop rock band. So well done. And I got where they're from. They released their first single, The Druids Are Here, in 1982, which flopped. And they didn't release another single until 1985, when signed to IRS Records, who we've already mentioned today, because they they picked up when the Bangles were... Mm -hmm. um, they're, 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 um, from their faulty records. Faulty records. Faulty products had... Um, Gone um, into liquidation. Um, so, yeah, so they um, were signed to IS Records and they released Happy But Twisted, a five-track EP, which included a cover of Hawkwind's Silver Machine and reached number two on the indie chart. Okay, so not the official chart. No. But, right. Then in 1986, they covered Norman Greenbaum's Green Bams Spirit in the Sky. Oh, not Tom. <laughs> which gained them international success. So they covered a song which got yep. them in the indie chart. And then, so I'm right, seeing the years, they then covered Spirit in the Sky yes. and got them success. So basically, they're a cover band. Yeah, in a sense. That's what we're saying. The covers get them success. Yep. Their own stuff don't. However, they never hit the, the high again, the highs again, with their next singles, Burn and Waterloo, a cover of the ABBA song, with yeah. both failing to break the top 20. Ooh. So they're a bit of flop, aren't they? Yeah. So Doctor and the Medics, 
who have never split are seen as a one-hit wonder, yeah. although that hit... Although that hit wasn't... That, yeah, it's not theirs. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Clive Jackson, often known as the Doctor... Right, so he must be the one with the massive... Like, they've all got heavy face paint on, which is why I put them in the new romantics. Uh Like, they mess about with their eyeliner. He's got a very white face, but it's face paint. He must be that main front guy. Yeah. Um, He still compares at Rewind. So I often see him. um, Does he still dress up with heavy makeup? um, Yeah. Yeah, to a degree. Not not like he obviously did, but he still, you know, put, does his persona as and a does doctor. Does he just sing his covers? So, yes. Yeah, they had one top ten single. Well, we know what that was. And they had one top 30 album. Laughing at the Pieces in 1986 got to number 25 in the UK album chart. And is that the one that's got Spirit in the Sky in it? Um, I guess so. I don't know. I haven't got the album. <laughs> we'll just go through those three songs. We already know that two of them are outside the top 20. Yeah. Um, so 1986. Oh, stop. Spirit in the one, is it? It was a top 10 hit that got into the top five. God. Spirit in the Sky for Doctor and the Medics got into the top three. In 1986, Doctor and the Medics got number one with Spirit in the Sky. That disappointed me. From Norman Greenbaum's. I mean, I've not listened to the original. I don't know if he originally sang it, but he was. But there was another YouTube video. Uh huh. So someone else definitely sung it. Well, it might. I mean, I had. I didn't look into it actually before, as in who, because he wrote it obviously, so he gets the royalties. Whether he was the original singer, he may have wrote it for, you know, like some some, some songwriters do. They can't sing, but they're brilliant yes. songwriters. Mm-hmm. So they write songs for other, you know. So it could well be that you were right and that it was a Tommy whatever that got that charted with it first. But it no, gave... Spirit in the Sky. Yeah. Norman Greenbaum. Yeah, yeah. And it's got, that's the one that I saw. Ah, well, there you go. Yeah, it's got like, an official lyric video and everything. Yeah. So he was the first person to release it. Um, I don't know how he did with it, um, but um, Spirit in the Sky has obviously been covered numerous times, as you've pointed out. And one of them was by Doctor and the Medics, and they got to number one with it. Well, that disappoints me because um, it's a cover. Yeah, no, I, I'm the same. I'm I'm not a fan of people who cover songs or do well. But, you know, it brought another audience in. I, you know, at the time, I mean, I remember it. I obviously didn't know it was a cover and wouldn't have known who Norman Greenbaum was or mm. how he'd done. He's, he's actually an American. I'm just looking him up. He's an American. And he released Spirit in the Sky in 1969. Okay. And um, it got to number one across pretty much everywhere, um, including the UK. So very much Eternal Flame, where Atomic Kitten got to number one, as well as the Bangles, who obviously originally done it. The same has happened with Spirit in the Sky. 
So Did there you go. Another coincidence. I haven't. I didn't know this beforehand. I've actually only just looked it up. But Spirit in the Sky um, got to number one with um, Norman Greenorm, and it also got to number one with um doctor and the medics and i've just looked oh, up, and it did get to number one with gareth gates as well so this yeah. single that norman greenbaum obviously you know gets royalties off i don't know mm -hmm. if he's still alive um but his estate will if he isn't um in fact he is he is still alive um he's now well he was born in 1942 um so yeah he's he's still alive and um he's had his song get to the t the the uk number one with three different two other different artists other than himself oh, so there, there you go. go these covers are doing well this week so, yeah um well no the original was um with the bangles or as far mm. as i know so yes um 1986 burn got to number 29 and 1986 waterloo um, that didn't do as well as ABBA. That only got to number 45. Okay. Well, Burn was my favourite out of the three because I was like, I've got to go. As much as I really do like Spirit in the Sky and I do like Waterloo, I prefer ABBA's version. Um, but Burn, I was like, do you know what? You're going to be my favourite because you weren't bad. You've got a good beat to it. It's not. It's got a guitar solo in there. We all know I don't like them. But I was like, at least you're not a cover. And it weren't a bad song. Okay. Moving on then, now you know um, they haven't got a number one, we're moving on to The The. Mm. Okay, well, so these, I think they're a bit uh, jazzy, but they've also got some sort of rock in there and they're pop. I think they're a duo and I think they're British. I'm intrigued by the name. And what I do like is I think I heard a harmonica and i really like how that sounds if it's a harmonica don't know what in other instrument it could be but i think it's a harmonica they go very deep with their lyrics and like their meanings i think um like the beaten generation and slow emotion replay they're two that stuck out to me that have a bit of a deeper meaning to them um based off their videos I got a question actually. There's two videos, so I, I have been watching videos for all of them when I've re when I've written my notes and I re-listened. Found it easier now, so I've just written about the videos that stick out to me. So in slow motion replay, there's a whole like monologue. I want to call it at the beginning. There's a guy talking for about four minutes at the beginning. I skipped it. I was like, what is this? So if you found anything on that guy, we'd love to know because I also thought that slow emotion replay was went in like with their lyrics and there's a lyric that stuck out to me with everybody knows what's going wrong with the world, but I don't even know what's going on in myself. I really like it, but I'm also intrigued as to what the song's about. And then also Infected, it looks like they've like um, recorded it in like a third world country. So I'm like a bit intrigued whether that means anything. But anyway, you don't really see any of the people. And that's what made me thought it was just a duo because the most I ever saw was just two people. But you mostly see the vocalist. Um, so it made me think, do they have any session musicians? Don't know. 
and a lot of them apart from the two that stuck out to me were like live performances so yeah that's them but they intrigue me the the now i've gone with the um most successful lineup now they 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 did have a they've had quite a few lineups um like one of them type of group yeah but um i've i've written down the ones from their most successful period so matt johnson on vocals david palmer on drums james ella on bass johnny marr on guitar now even i didn't know johnny marr was part of the the and DC Collard on keyboards. Um, so they were formed in 1979 in London, um, and they are an art pop, synth pop, new wave, progressive pop, alternative rock. So no jazz. And no jazz. Oh, no. I thought they were really jazzy. Yeah, I'm sorry to. Uh, no, it's probably the art pop side of it. I don't know. So the the were formed by Matt Johnson, who is the only ever present of the band since its formation in 1979 to today. So is he the... Till he's, today? Till today. So is he the lead vocalist? Yes, he's the vocalist. Okay. He's the one who put them together and he's the only ever present. Right. Okay. So in 1982, the band played four concerts at the Marquee Club in Soho entitled... An Evening of Rock and Roll with The The, and featured Mark Almond on guitar and vocals. So Mark Almond of Soft Cell. I like him. um, I'm guessing this would have been around the same time as Soft Cell, so it's obviously like a guest appearance. Um, But he played guitar, it says as well, as well as vocals for The The. In these... um, for concerts. But only in these concerts, not yeah, not any only in that group, yeah. Right, okay. And then in nineteen eighty three the synth classic album Soul Missing featured guest musicians including Orange Juice drummer Zeki Manika and Squeezes Jules Holland. Can we just rewind to me saying do they have session musicians? And you saying they've had session musicians with the orange juice guy and the squeeze guy. Look at go. Yeah. Look at me go. Yeah. And in nineteen eighty-six, the album Infected featured the singer Naina Cherry. Hey. Uh, she's a nightmate. She was a, a yeah, a good singer. You'll That's have her it. when we do um Nana Cherry was okay. a was a you know um she had a she's got a brother who actually had a hit um as Eagle Eye Cherry. Okay, but I've um, not come across these before. No, I? no, no, because okay. you wouldn't have. But um yeah, so um she and she um appeared on their out in on obviously on their album as you know, I suppose in other songs, not necessarily mm-hmm. in fact. Um in 1986-1987, Johnson toured the world with Infected the Movie. Right. So he showed the film in cinemas in place of performing live concerts. But who's made this film? Well, he did. That's very He's random, I think. So, yeah. And um, that's off the back. So Infected came off 
an EP, didn't it? I've listened to the I'll right go thing. into that, yeah. I'll go right. into that later. All right. So, um, yeah, so the film uh, was also shown twice in its entirety on Channel 4 in the UK and on MTV in the US. I feel like that's really random. <laughs> to just be like, I'm going to make a film. So he took so videos to a different... He made a movie rather than just a song video. So, instead of just a, like, yeah, um, I'm baffled by this, yeah. man. Not going to lie. So while promoting the movie in Australia, a chance encounter with Billy Bragg, um, who was a... I don't know how to... Um, he was a very... He was a, a musician, a different musician, soloist, but he was very political with his songs, very okay. socialist, Labour, okay. um, what have you. Um, bear in mind, obviously, we're talking about, we got, you know, um, we were going through the 80s strikes, the Thatcher years, you know, um, uh -huh. and all that. He was very prominent with his music and just wrote songs. To level or? Sorry? To the selector level or just? Uh, yeah, I would say he was, yeah, yeah. I mean, he had some hits, minor hit or major hits. He was on top of the pops. Um, but yeah, he was diff totally different. Totally right. different. Anyway, he, he was obviously in Australia and he met up with Matt J Johnson. Not wasn't intentional. It was an encounter that they just happened to, you know, um, whether they knew each other or whatever. I guess they did. Um, yeah. But yeah. Um, and he persuaded um, him to return to Britain and support R Red Wedge. Right. That's a bit of a mouthful, isn't it? Which was a coalition of, of like-minded musicians supporting the Labour Party's election campaign. Right. Okay, so very political then. Yeah, yeah, and that Billy Breck was. Right. So um, Johnson agreed, and he enrolled longtime friend Manika, um, who I've just mentioned from Orange Juice, okay. um, to perform a stripped-down version of Heartland. And okay. um, this experience convinced Johnson to put a band together once again. And that is where the lineup that I gave you at the very beginning right. comes from. So. Um, okay. By 1988, The The was an actual band again with Johnson do recruiting. We, do we know why they're called The The? No. Okay. We just, I suppose, the, what should we call ourselves? The, 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 the. I, I, I really don't know. It's, okay. All right. yeah, it's a good, I think it's, it's a bit like was not was the was. was. I just think it's very odd. Like was not was <laughs> the the. Like why are you trying to confuse people? <laughs> um, so yeah, so 1988. He's now back in England, and obviously, you know, he's done this um, red wedge, and he's now decided to uh, put. So after his solo career and traveling the world with the infected movie, um, he's now put the band together. And recruited ex-Smiths guitarist Johnny Marr okay. and ex-ABC drummer Dave Palmer, along right. with ex-Nick Lowe bassist James Eller. 
So it's a bit and, like uh, not a super group, but no, it's um, a rugger muffin group. He's got together all the the Just cast a, the, the parts. Yeah. yeah, put them all um, together. Now it's another weird thing. So I went and what went and saw ABC um, while yes, we've you um, did. been um, not recording. Very good they were as well at Oxford. Their first, um, it was their first show of their new tour, the 40th anniversary tour of their um, great album, Lexicon in Love. Right, Lexicon of Love. Um, And obviously, I mean, it was just um, the the lead singer from Martin Fry from the original ABC. Um, But it's funny that now I'm, you know, the 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 featured ex ABC drummer Dave Palmer. Um, oh, okay. So yeah, um, and they also had guest singer Sinead O'Connor. Oh, and she, isn't she Irish? She is. Um, keyboardist DC Collard was added to this uh, the official lineup as keyboard player, as Steve Hogarth, who'd played on the Infected, opted to join Marillion. As their new lead vocalist instead. Which a lot of crossovers already, here. We've already discussed gotcha. um, Marillion. Um, mm. So, yeah, so um, that was the new lineup. Obviously, not with Sinead O'Connor. She was just like a guest vocalist. Um, but the band headlined the main stage at 1919, uh, 1993's Reading Festival. Okay, so they kind of went a bit big. Yes. And in 2003, the band went on a hiatus until 2017. Right, and now they've come back. So that's what I'm saying, they've come back. Not that right. they've released anything as such. A, and they're, do, they're doing what I've said before, they're just doing, replaying. Yeah, yeah. Right, um, yeah. So they had two top 20 singles. Two top 10 albums, which were Mind Bomb, which got to number four in 1989, and Dusk, which got to number two in 1993. So they were both the albums. Oh, so they did, they, they went did in. Well this is where we're getting into the 90s a bit. So, yeah. So, how did they do in singles? Well, their first single was Uncertain Smile, which only got to number 68 in 1982 now the reason i've just read that out obviously you haven't had it it wasn't a top yeah, three I was gonna to say, it's just to show you the, the 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 gap in years from their first single to their first hit mm-hmm. so their first hit was in 1986 which was heartland and that got to number 29 right Heartland got to number 29. Yes. Okay. I mean, that's not straight in there, is it? And Heartland, I thought, had lots of instrumentals in it, which is why I put in they're a rock of some sort, because as soon as they've got instrumentals, I automatically think. But it was quite soft and calm for a first song, so it weren't that bad. And as I say, that was four years after their first single. Which, mm. um, so it took them a while, really. Not, not a flop. I mean, it's still going to the top 100, but yeah, nine, number 60. Yeah, it's not in the top 40, is it? Yeah. So. Um, so then for 1986, we go to 1989, mm. 
with the beaten generation, mm-hmm. which got to number 18. Okay, now this was one I didn't read too much into the lyrics, but I was like, it's about some sort of certain generation, and I'm guessing it must be about the 80s, but I didn't know whether it was the old people, the young people, or just the 80s in general. But it had a good tempo to it, so it felt it was a good it was a good song, but this is where I was thinking, oh, they're getting they're going a bit deep, I thought. Okay. And then we go to 1993. Oh, so they don't really... <laughs> I take a long time to release... Yeah. Um, Unless so they've released stuff in the middle and it's flopped. Well, yeah, there is that. Uh, Dogs of Lust got to number 25. And they're not hitting high, are they? No. I thought it was a weird name, title for a song. It was a change in tone. So, so far, we've had different... Like, none of the songs have really stayed with the same feel. Um, and Dogs of Lust, you know, got me tapping my feet, but I felt like it was a bit repetitive in the sound. Okay. Um, sticking in 1993, surprisingly, we then had Show Emotion re- Slow Emotion Replay, mm-hmm. and that got to number 35. Okay. So I liked this one. But I couldn't stop thinking about the lyrics. And like I said already, I read out the, like, everybody knows what's going wrong with with the world, but I don't even know what's going on in myself. And I feel like the lyrics were were good. Um, But that was mostly the chorus. And then every now and then I couldn't really understand what they were singing. So I was like, oh, I don't know what I think about you anymore. But it weren't that bad. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, then we had 1993 again, Love is Stronger Than Death, number 39. Ooh, now I thought this was a beautiful song. Like, take away talking about the death part and everything, but it was a calm, just, I don't know, it just had something in it that got my attention, and I really liked that song. Okay. So now, sorry? Weren't my favourite, though, but right. I liked it. So now we come to 1994 and Disinfected EP. Now, Mm -hmm. it had four songs on it. And from what I can work out, so I'll first of all tell you the song. So that was the day. Right. Disinfected. Mm -hmm. Helpline operator. Mm -hmm. And Dogs of Lust. Now, the last two songs were mixes. Now, obviously, I'm guessing Helpline Operator would have been released around probably between 1989 and 1993. It's obviously not a hit because obviously I can give you it. Um, But that was a mix. And the same, obviously, Dogs of Lust, which we already know in 1993, got to number 25 anyway. Mm -hmm. Now, in 1983, they had a song called This Is The Day, which got to number 71. Okay, I got really confused because you sent me that that, is, was, what, that, that was the day. Was the day, yeah. And when I was listening to that, another one came up with "This Is the Day." And yeah. I was like, I'm listening to the right one. Yeah, that well, that's what right I'm about one? to explain. Oh, well, confused. So, 1983, "This Is the Day" got to number 71, so it wasn't a hit. No. And also in 1986, "Infected." Not disinfected, infected, 
mm-hmm. got to number 48. So again, outside the top 40. Now, on this EP, we have got two songs that are very similar to those. So we've got That Was The Day instead of This Is The Day. And we've got Disinfected instead of Infected. Now, I think they are both the same song, but they've mixed them and changed the name. Right, okay. But they're... The two songs originally only got to number 71 in 1983, This Is The Day, and mm-hmm. Infected got to number 48 in 1986. Now, this EP, obviously it's an EP, it's got two main songs on it, the two that I've just mentioned, Infected and This Is The Day, but they're now badged as Disinfected and That Was The Day. Mm-hmm. They're obviously the two main songs. Then you've got two mixes of two other previous songs, of Dugs of Lust and Help yeah. Operator. Mm-hmm. So it got to number 17, which was their actually their biggest hit. Which one got to number 17? Like the EP? The EP. So when I've listened to... Infected. And that was the day. Yes. They're in it together. They're both on that EP, yes. Right, okay. So infect or dis- whichever affected yeah. listened to. I listened to both and... Well, I think I've listened to both. They sound not much different. So that's right, why okay. I think this is the day and that was the day would probably be the same as well. They've just probably okay. changed that from this. Yeah. So I only listened to what I was meant to listen to. Yeah. And, and I'll be honest, so... I, I should have got you to listen to this is a day and disinfected mm. as well. Yeah. But I even so... was getting confused with the EP because I it hadn't had infected because it wasn't a top 40 hit. Yeah. And I thought, Hang on, Infected. When I listened to it, I thought, this is a good tune. Now I know it. How's that? Uh, and I went back and looked. And then I saw it got to number 48. Cute. And I went, wow. Uh, but then when I got the EP, because obviously I had to find out what was on it, and it had Disinfected. And I thought, that's a weird What's that? Mm, and it was it's what they exactly the same. And then right, I realised okay. that that was the day, which was the number one song on the EP, not Disinfected. Right. That, then I found out what they, they had a song called This Is The Day, which obviously was released quite early, 1983, but only got to number 71. I thought, too obvious, too, mm. you know, is it that they just weren't a hit then and now they've released it as an EP, I now think. people know who they are and something, yeah. So yeah. I think okay. they are the same song, but I haven't okay. actually listened to This Is The Day alongside That Was The Day. Right, okay. Well, That Was The Day, um, the background music sounded like a game, like a bit like Pac-Man, I want to say. Um, but I like the calmness and then the change in the chorus. And it's kind of the same with the infected, disinfected one. It's different to the previous songs that I've had. But because it, it's got a more of an upbeat tone and the chorus again is really on point. Like good ones, I'll take the seventeen for them. Yeah. And my favourite like one was the infected one. That was my favourite song. Yeah, I, I like infected as well. Yeah, uh, yeah, them. That was my favourite from these. Okay. So yeah, and then in nineteen ninety five, I saw the light. Unfortunately, they're back into the thirties at number thirty one. Oh, so they weren't a good hitting group. They were weren't they? a. Um, no, they're. Um, I mean, I'll be honest. I wouldn't have been able to tell you until we done this what their songs were. I wouldn't have been able to tell you what their general gen, gen, genre genre was. And mm. I certainly didn't know that Johnny Marr had um, joined them after he'd left the Smiths. 
Sí, and the same with Dave Palmer, who um, left ABC. Um, yes. So I didn't know that on either of those. So, yeah. So, I knew um, that a lot. Yeah. Okay. Well, so I saw was... the light was a change. It was darker, uh-huh. but it did still have the catchy tone. But, yeah, we're not there. Okay. So that was the the. Mm-hmm. Moving on to modern talking. Yes. So not much to say about these at all. I had two songs. Felt like they were a pop genre form. I think they were a duo. And the main guy just loves a bit of fake tan, unless that's actually his skin. Like, he, he just likes a bit of fake tan. And again, they've got big hair. But yeah, there weren't much about them until I can tell you what I think of each song individually. Yeah, that that's them. Okay. Well, you're right, they are a duo. Where would you say they're from? Oh, I didn't think about that with these ones because there was only, I didn't have enough time to really think. Um, let's go with British again. Okay. Modern Talking were Dieter Bolan on guitar and Thomas Anders on vocals. They were formed in 1983 in West Berlin. Okay. So West Germany. Germany as it was then, or Germany as it is now. Yeah. And they are a Europop, synth pop, Euro disco group. Okay, so I just went for pop, but I guess that covers so, yeah. it in a sense. So modern talking have been referred to as Germany's most successful pop duo, having reached the top five in most countries. Well, that's not bad going, is it? So they are Germany's equivalent to, I mean, we've had so many duos, um, Erasure, Pet Shop Boys, OMD, mm. Go West, mm. Tears for Fears. Yeah. You know, all those synth pop duos. Yeah. That is what we're talking are in Germany. Okay. And you will find out how big they are in germany when we go through later um so after forming in 1983 they unexpectedly became immensely popular in 1985 with the single you're my heart you're my soul Mm -hmm. um with which they occupied the top 10 in no less than 35 countries Whoa. Now, considering I've only got two songs for these, they're hitting worldwide. Yeah. And like, so it's like, yeah, they're big. Yeah. But they're not that big. Um, So in Germany, they were number one with You're My Heart, You're My Soul for six weeks. Okay. So You're My Heart, You're My Soul in Germany was number one. In Austria, was number one in belgium was number one in france was number three in the netherlands number four in norway number three in spain number two in sweden number three and in switzerland number one in Italy, however, it only got to number 22. Now, I gave you this song 
after I'd written about them because I didn't originally give you it. You're my heart, you're my soul. Yeah. Yeah. I wondered why you were talking about that one first. Because obviously... I know you give them in chronological order, and I yeah, no, no, I, that, this really is I did. I gave you that after I added it. Yeah, yeah. The reason I didn't give you it before is in the UK it got to number fifty-six. How weird is that! Like all those places that you've listed, it's like so it got it's everywhere high. in the top five, apart yeah. from Italy, where it got into just outside the top twenty. And in then the UK, was... it didn't even get into the top fifty. That's mad. Yeah. Um, they then had another single called You Can Win If You Want. Right. In Germany, it got to number one. I think they're just going to be number one in Germany anyway. In Austria, also, they got to number one. Okay. I want to say, though, about other countries, yeah. them getting low in our country, we've got so much more music. Yes, yes. In our country. So you've got a lot more competition. Whereas I feel like in other countries, not as many people are bothered about making it over there. So it ends up being whether, I don't know, the Italians have accidentally heard of or found this artist and then it's got big over there or they've, they're from there. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. it's a lot harder to do worldwide if you're from England because yeah. you're not as bothered so about I'm, it. I suppose, so yeah. I'm get it in that to... sense. No, I agree. I agree. That's like our us, the Brits, trying to make it big in America. Yeah, exactly. It's hard, and I suppose it's yeah. the same for every other Germans country. or any European mm. to make it big in England, let alone or the UK, so let alone um, America. America. Um, just so I'm just putting into perspective why they're seen as the erasure the pet shop boys of germany mm -hmm. in germany mm -hmm. so you can win if you want got to number one in germany got to number one in austria it got to number right. two in belgium it got to number eight in france it got to number six in nor uh, uh netherlands yeah it got to number two in spain and it got to number two in switzerland in italy where obviously then they weren't as popular. They only got to number 22 with their last one. Mm -hmm. They got to number 39 this time. So still in the top. So they're not really big. They're not big. Didn't really make it. In England or the UK, number yeah. 70. That was mad. Like they're really not hitting over here. So now I'm starting to see why I only have the two songs. And yeah. one of them we already know came at 54. So yeah. So then they, they released Cherry, Cherry Lady. Right. In Germany, it got to number one. Obviously. In Austria, it got to number one. In Belgium, it got to number three. So they've actually gone one, two, three in Belgium. Oh, yeah, they have. In France, number 18. So they've gone Ooh, three, okay. eight, 18. In Italy, where they've struggled, it got mm -hmm. to number six. Oh, Italy, are fi like, finally. Like, oh, so now Italy have caught on to them. In um, the Netherlands, where they've had a number four and a number six, it got to number ten. Um, in Norway, it got to number one. In Spain, it got to number one. Oh in Switzerland, sorry, in Sweden, it got to number three. And in Switzerland, it got to number one. Go on, go on. in England. In the UK, it either wasn't even, it, they didn't even bother, or it just didn't <laughs> chart in the top 100. It, okay, didn't, it, so didn't, it didn't really exist. It, it didn't come anywhere. So it either wasn't even released 
or didn't mm. even get into the top 100. They started giving up with the Brits. So, yeah. So, now you can see why they're, they're, they, they, you know, they made it big. Yeah. So, You're My Heart, You're My Soul went on to sell 8 million copies worldwide. In just, okay, right. And was followed by another number one hit, You Can Win If You Want, which, as okay. I say, only got to number 70 in the UK. Um, and obviously, my, you're my heart, you're my you're my soul, and you got to number fifty six. Yet, as I say, it sold eight million copies worldwide, or mm -hmm. at least in the rest of Europe. Um, so, although RCA signed Modern Talking for a US deal and released their first album, the duo remain almost unknown in North America. I'm not surprised. So, yeah. Um, However, Modern Talking became one of the first Western block bands to be allowed to officially sell their records in the Soviet Union following Mikhail Gorbachev's reforms in 1986. Okay. And as a result, the duo still maintain a large fan base in Eastern Europe. So okay. not only are they big in Western Europe... So Germany, mm -hmm. Austria, France, Spain, Norway, Italy, kind Sweden, of. Switzerland. They've also got a fan base in the Eastern, the old Eastern Bloc, the Eastern European countries, by the sound of it. Wow. Yeah. So in 1987, the duo split, although they did reform in 1998 to release a new remix version of You're My Heart, You're My Soul. Um, and a comeback album, Back for Good, with four new tracks, which got to number one in Germany, Austria. For five weeks, Germany. Um, okay. So their new album um, was still that. So they still had a big following, even after not ha releasing anything for over 10 years. So between mm. 1987 and 1998, they were they they. They weren't around. Um, they then released a new album, a remixed album. Uh, oh, sorry, a um, a comeback album um, with four new tracks, and it got to number one in Germany, and it stayed there for five weeks, even still. So that sort of puts in perspective how big they are in yeah, Germany. But then how many German bands are there, really? Well, Kraftwerk. Yeah, but they've been and gone by this time. And they time. were a duo, actually, as well. Uh, but they've been and gone. They're, they're old news then, yeah. aren't they? Um, and then they split again in 2003. Um, they had one top ten single with us. However, just before I go on to Brother Louie, yeah. I just want to go through their other songs. So Atlantis is Calling, SOS for Love, number one in Germany, number two in Austria, Number four in Belgium, number 21 in France, number 13 in Italy, number six in Netherlands, number eight in Norway, number two in Spain, number three in Sweden, number three in Switzerland, number 55 in the UK. Geronimo's Cadillac, this was 1986, uh -huh. number three in Germany, which um, that's a shocker, isn't it, hey? Number three in Austria, number four in Belgium, which obviously they were big in Belgium as well. 
Um, it only got to number 43 in France, number 27 in Italy, number 36 in the Netherlands, yeah. number 7 in Norway, number 1 in Spain. So the Spanish are still loving them. That's their third number one now in Spain. And their other yeah. hits have got to number two. Um, number six in Sweden, number six in Switzerland. Didn't chart or wasn't released in the UK. And um, yeah, and that, that, that's where you are. And um, the remix, You're My Heart, You're My Soul, that got to number two in Germany and Austria. It got right. to number 26 in Belgium and number three in France. Um, okay. It only got to number six in Sweden and number four in Switzerland. Okay. Funny enough, strange enough, it wasn't released in Spain, which is obviously we know was where it was big. Um, and they still have continued to have hits. So 2003, they released TV Makes a Superstar, and that got to number two in Germany. And number fifteen in Austria, while hitting just number. So they have released a lot. They just so really they've released a lot, there. but um, mainly in Europe, Western Europe, or maybe Eastern Europe as well. But obviously, I only get Western Europe, and mm -hmm. um, they do obviously very well in the likes of Germany, Austria, Belgium, and Spain. They're also right. liked in Scandinavia, with Sweden and Norway having a few hits. And yeah. um, they're also liked um, in uh, France and Italy and the Netherlands and Switzerland. Okay. So, yeah. so Brother Louis. That was my favourite. Um, well, it was the only hit they had over here. Oh, I yeah, but you, I didn't know that when I was listening. No, I gave you, I... you are my, You Are My Heart, You Are My Soul, because it was such a big hit across Europe. But mm. I just wanted you to listen to it. Um, but only got to number 56 here. That was in 1984. And in okay, 1985, Louis, yeah. Brother Louis 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 mm -hmm. got to number four. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I agree with that. The chorus, it, like, it's so catchy. I love it. I think it's great. Yeah. And I did like You're My Heart, You're My Soul. It's a softer and more of a, it's like more of an in the background song. But it's got still got something to it. It's just very different to Brother Louis. Yeah. So for some reason, they didn't really take off in the UK. I don't know why. I haven't listened really. to the other songs, so I can't comment. But um, Brother Louis, Number four. I did buy on single. Oh, okay. So, um, okay. yes, I have, have got that somewhere. Okay. So we move on to Cameo. Oh no, we won't. <laughs> I'll, um, won't bother reading out I about um, cameo of what I've written and Larry Blackman, and they were formed oh. in 1974. No, that is a group. Dad, we'll move on. Yes, we don't need to um, relive it, do we? Well, we did because you can't remember. Them. Really? You can't remember uh, actually. That they sang word up, and you can't remember them either. So don't put this all on me. No. Lloyd, Lloyd Cole and the commotions. Yes. A late substitute. <laughs> Very. What did you think? So I've not been able to listen to these songs as much as the others no. because of the late sub that we've put in. Could not tell you what genre they are. 
I, I don't know. I'll go with New Wave to try and hit something because New Wave is always a safe place to go. But I, I, I don't have any feelings from them. Like, there's no direct... It's not pointing me in any directions. And the music's quite slow. They've got quite a good voice. You know, like I say, this week they've had memorable um, v- vocals. Um, he sings about Jesus quite a bit. Jesus is mentioned in quite a few songs. And I'm like, okay. I don't know what I'm thinking here. Um, they keep it sing- simple. It's a standard singer, casual clothing. Um, Put Me Down had a good um video they played about with um graphics a bit and had a bit of animation i feel like they moved forward from their like simple ones um but yeah not much to say really um until i get to the songs but yeah you know they weren't bad couldn't tell you where they're from but I, i don't know they've just not given a lot to me to get a lot from them like okay and everything i wouldn't know lloyd cole and the commotions are funny mm-hmm. enough lloyd cole on vocals mm. yeah um, blair cowan on keyboards mm-hmm. lawrence donegan on the bass guitar neil clark on guitar and stephen irvine on drums okay they were formed in 1982 in Glasgow, Scotland. Oh, they're Scottish. And they're in a pop stroke indie pop band. It also said yeah. rock. I wouldn't class them as rock. I wouldn't no, class I wouldn't them put as rock. So no, this is what I mean. Like, what are they? Pop, indie pop is, um, I suppose, what I would go with for them. Right, okay. Um, which I don't think we've really had, which is probably why they are a bit different. Mm. Yeah, no, I don't think we've had. We've had people yeah. hitting the indies chart, yeah. but we've not had an indie genre. No. Now, I'll be honest, I I didn't really know about them, if I'm really honest. I'm, as I say, I admit I even left them off. Yeah. It was only, I can't remember, I, don't, I couldn't even tell you how, I, how they come about. I think I was looking up something or doing something, and Lloyd Cole Commotions were obviously so they weren't on your original they weren't on my list and that's for this week so um the ones the the ones that i moved you've got next week um that i originally moved for cameo because i thought i'd left them off and you hadn't we'd already done them as i've explained already but lloyd cole and the commotions i never actually even had and i probably wouldn't have to tell you what their songs were however after I found out, I was going to say you say you've not I, heard. Oh, Lloyd Cole and the Commotions. Let me look into them. Looked in, had some songs, had some hits. I then played them, and I thought, "Wow, I like them." So I've gone and done a big country. And now, funny <laughs> enough, big country were from Scotland. I've gone out and bought the best of Lloyd Cole and the Commotions. Do you know what? So you sent me that you bought it before I'd listened to them. Yeah, and so when I was listening to them, I had that in mind. And I was like, "Yeah, these are a dad group. Like, yeah. they've got that." Yeah, I, d- really I mean, group. I'll be honest. I didn't. They're not a group that really stood out in the eighties, or you know, so they've not really hit major. And um, as I say, I'd forgotten about them. And um, when I listened to them, I thought these are quite underrated. And um, yeah, a bit like Big Country. I um. Yeah. Went out and uh, I've purchased their album. 
So I'm looking forward to when that gets delivered. So, yeah, so the band were formed by Cole um, while he was studying at Glasgow University, and they pretty much immediately signed to Polydor Records. Ah. I don't know the I don't know how they got in with them or whatever, but yeah, they um, literally and um, their first album, Rattlesnakes, which was produced by Paul Hardiman um, and featured string arrangements by Anne Dudley. Now, Anne Dudley was on tour or is on tour with ABC. Yeah. Now, the funny thing is, when I wrote this up. Martin Fry, who I do follow on Twitter, had tweeted a picture of Glasgow saying Glasgow's nice in the sun or something, you know, and they, they played there. And it was just such a coincidence because I've had the the with the X with the, an X ABC drama. I'm mm. now listening to Lloyd Cole and the Commotions, who Anne Dudley done the, the string arrangements for their Rattlesnake um album Mm -hmm. and they're from glasgow and martin fry is treating from glasgow while on tour with abc and Anne dudley oh that's a bit of a coincidence and obviously Anne dudley wasn't just obviously to do with abc she wasn't actually she wrote she was um a producer with them because she was to do with trevor horn and obviously she was to do with Art of Noise, which come out of Trevor Horn from them mixing and what have you, playing around with samples and that. Um, she was behind the Art of Noise. So that's where Anne Dudley comes from. So, yeah, so the album sold in excess of 100,000 copies and was certified gold and was included in an NME compiled list of top 100 albums of all time. So there you go. Okay. So the single Rattlesnake, uh, which only charted at number 65. No, only charted at number 65 in the singles chart, was covered by Tori Amos for her 2001 covers album, Strange Little Girls. Who's that? Tori Amos. Yeah, who's that? From 2001. I've heard of her. Obviously, you haven't. But right. yeah, so um, she covered it for her, her album Strange Little Girls, which was a cover okay. album. Right. Um, they are also um, were in, or they also influenced Manic Street Preachers, um, who listed Rattlesnakes amongst their top ten albums. Not out of them either. Um, they were, I think, a nineteen nineties group. Okay. Um, so. Uh, yeah, it's quite a big um that that album obviously was quite a big although it wasn't the best album. It's not like a doing. um lexicon of love no, or no. the other ones that you mentioned, but for them Yeah, it wasn't not but for them it's obviously, obviously quite it a iconic, although it wasn't mm. their big album as your fight wasn't even their second. Oh, okay. Album. Um so in two thousand and six, Scottish band Camera Obscura. Now I can't say I've heard of them. No, um, no they released a single called Lloyd, I'm Ready to Be Heartbroken. Now, it was a single in reply to the Commotion's 1984 single called Are You Ready to Be Heartbroken? Okay. So a, a band 
in 2006, a Scottish band yeah. called Camera Obscura, they released a single called Lloyd, I'm Ready to Be Heartbroken, in reply to a 1984 single that they had done. So they were obviously influenced by them and even yeah. record in reply to their single. I like that. It was quite, um, yeah, I thought it was quite, um, it was quite funny. Uh, in a sense. Yeah. Um, so their second album, Easy Pieces, was produced by Alan Winstanley, who had previously worked with Madness and mm -hmm. The Teardrop Explodes. Okay. And it proved to be a commercial, ex commercial success, reaching number five in the album chart. So this is their biggest band's only two top 20 singles. So this is their biggest one. So that was their biggest album and also, I suppose, was their most commercially successful mm. period. Yeah. Um, in 1989, the band decided to split up following their third album and released a best-of compilation album, 1984 to 1989. Mm -hmm. um, and Lloyd Cole moved to New York and embarked oh. on a solo career. And um, in 2004, mm. they reformed briefly to perform a 20th anniversary mini tour of UK and Ireland. Okay, so, yeah, they're done, aren't they? They're just... Um, so they had two, just two top 20 singles, which was from that period when they were commercially successful. And they okay. had only three, they only released three studio albums. Um, Rattlesnakes in 1984 got to number 13. Okay. So Easy Pieces 1985, that got to number five, which was their, mm -hmm. their most commercial success. And obviously, yeah. these two songs. And then Mainstream 1987 got to number nine. So, Oh, yeah, okay. They're two top ten yeah, albums, and they're, they're, albums they're, they're up well. number thirteen. Yeah, you know. albums didn't do too bad, did they? So, yeah. So regarding their singles, mm -hmm. nineteen eighty four, "Perfect Skin," that got to number twenty six. Okay, it's got a good beat, but I can hear the music more than the vocals. Yeah, I, see, I like it. Mm. Nineteen eighty four, "Forest Fire." Just outside the top 40, but I gave you anyway, number 41. <laughs> it's my favourite. Oh, there you go. <laughs> um, I like the lyrics and it changes in the beat as the song goes on. So it keeps, I don't know, it just, it keeps my attention to it. And yeah, it's, it's quite catchy. I like okay. it. So now we're going to their most successful period, 1985. Um, so Easy Pieces, we already know, was then their number five mm -hmm. album. And yeah. off of that, they had a brand new friend, number 19. Okay. I'm just like, who's it about? It's catchy, but it's just got a bit of weirdness to it. Okay. Not up my and street at all. my favourite, Lost Weekend, number 17. Okay. Lost Weekend isn't that bad. It's very fast-paced, so it's got that upbeatness to it. Um, but I don't know. It's just... It's not got much to it in the sense that would attract me to a song. No. I mean, I do. I mean, yeah, Lost Weekend, Forest Fire, Perfect Skin. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Forest Fire, Fire, yeah, but not Perfect Skin or Lost yeah. Weekend. 1986, Cut Me Down, number 38. Okay. See, I like this one. The only thing that annoys me is when they don't change the tone to the in the chorus. So it's just the same all the way out, all the way through. Uh -huh. And that's what put me off it a bit. 
obviously put the uh, other people's, other people's office mm. um 1987 my bag i gave you it again but it's outside the top 40 at number 46 this is another one that i like <laughs> like it's like you know the chorus is really up there um i did think into it a bit though and thought it might have a bit of a deeper meaning but it's very catchy for me i like it and then 1988 um so literally one of their last hits before they split mm-hmm. Jennifer, she said, number 31. Okay. Again, quite like this one. There's a change in sound compared to the previous tracks, but, and there's just more to this one. I feel like it's just, it's got a lot more body to it. A lot more, I can, it's more sing-along for me. So I enjoyed that one. Okay. So that rounds off this week's reviews. Mm-hmm. Now to find out. With it anywhere a hit. Okay. Um, or at wow. least how many were hit. So we start with the Bangles. Well, Bangles. And they were a big hit for me. They're right up my street. There we go. And what about Siggy, Siggy, Sputnik? Yeah, they're miss. Why am I not surprised? Um, and I'm guessing Doctor and a Medics are probably a miss as well. I see. I wanted to put them as a miss, but I do like the songs, so I put them as a hit. Ooh. And because I do like there was one song that was their own, I do like. I yeah. feel like they deserve the hit because they're not bad songs. It's just that they're a cover group, so put it lets them down a bit. But I'd, I prefer them to be a hit over a miss because I do. I would listen to it to it again. Do you know what I mean? Okay. The the. They're a hit. I like them. Wow. I enjoyed them. Modern Talking. So these I've also put as a hit Oof. because the two songs that I've got, I did really enjoy. Even like the more slower, lovey song, You're My Heart, yeah. You're My Soul. And yeah. I, I mean, obviously, I haven't listened to all their other songs. Well, but now I know how many of them you. are. They are yeah. well highly mm. regarded yeah whatever reason. but now i know that they've got loads is, more songs yeah i might if i have time at any point explore them a bit more and see what i think of them yeah because i like the ones you've given me so yeah okay that. and then lloyd cole and the commotions i know they're a hit with you but they're not no no oh, i suppose I like the fact you like their two songs that weren't <laughs> hits Sort of says that they weren't even top 40. <laughs> no, yeah, I was getting the vibes that you liked them, you know. No, they've got a few songs that, yeah, I listened to again, but I think it was just like the body of the songs that I like the beat, but they're not up, they're not something that I would go back and listen to again. And as I said, they weren't like, big, and you can tell from their, their, good, their sound, you big. know, I mean. Even Brand New Friend only just got inside the top 20. And mm. even Lost Weekend, probably their best song. Yeah. That wasn't even in the top 15 at number 17. So, as I say, I've forgotten about them. Um, and, yeah, they weren't commercially that great, no. you know. Yeah. But I'm glad I've I've got to listen to them. I, I, I do like their music. Um, and I do like per- – I do remember Perfect Skin, and I do like that. But, yeah. Okay. Well, I'll still take um, four out of the six and probably a couple there that I wasn't expecting, like Modern Talking, uh, Doctor and the Medics, 
the way you were yeah, talking really. and that. Um, I'm good at and, the poker um, stuff now. I've obviously introduced you to the the. So yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's good. And um, you now know who sang Manic Monday. I do. Even though it and wasn't number one. Also, Connor didn't know that that's who sang Manic Monday because I asked him to yeah. like you know because we know what I'm like. Yeah. I asked him. He was like, "Yeah, I won't be able to tell you." So I was like, "Okay, it's not me being an idiot." People genuinely don't know. Yeah. Okay. So all it leaves me on this episode is to tell you who you have for the next episode. Mm-hmm. So are you ready? I am. The House Martins. Oh, okay. Swing Out Sister. Such weird names. Mike and the mechanics. Okay, there's always someone that's like blah blah and something. Bruce Hornsby and the range. Mm. Sly Fox. Okay. And the group that you should have had this week, but I moved them to bring in cameo. Mm-hmm. Only to find out we'd already Maybe done that. Cameo, <laughs> only to then put them back on. I was going to literally say, okay, I've got another. You can have the original one. Only mm-hmm. for me to then find out that I'd completely missed off Lloyd Cole and the commotions. Yeah. Um, so. They're back in this. They're back in because, as I say, Lloyd Cole and the promotions, when you think we were looking at 1986 this week. Yeah, um, quite well. Lloyd Cole and the promotions, Perfect Skin was and Forest Fire were 1984. Yeah. And um, obviously, Lost Weekend was 1985. So they were a bit ahead of the others this yeah. week because of that. So the ones fair. that you've got instead, or the ones that you should have had, but you've got now next week, were or are the B 52s. Oh. So okay. they are your six groups for next week House All Martins, right. Swing Out Sister, Mike and the Mechanics, Bruce Hornsby in the Range, Sly Fox, and the B 52s. Okay. Nope, never heard of any of them. Not one. Not one. Wow. So we will see. I'm it's sure a you would have heard of the music. Oh, okay. So it's one of them where I think I'm like, you'll hear. I think you may have heard of. I think yeah, at least three of those groups. Mm-hmm. I reckon you'll know the song a song of. Okay. So, yeah, we will see, but that's what I'm yeah. putting my, my, my edge in on. Yeah. All right, then. Okay. Yeah. So, All right. what it needs me to do is say goodbye and um, happy listening during the week. Okay. We'll get together next week and see how you Hatch finish. Up. All yes. right. That's fine with me. I will let you know. Okay. Bye-bye. Right, Bye, Dad. Bye, Dad.